It's the Friendly Fire Show, episode 138, for the week of 15 May 2019. I'm Steve from Survivor. I'm Ben from Survivor. I forgot what year it was or something, but that's fine. Because well, we're like it's halfway fine. through, so you've got to be used to it by now. <laughs> well, maybe, Ben, I'm just so used to living in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, I just don't know what year it is anymore. Just, I've Excellent no track of time. segue. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, let's get straight into it. We don't have a review for Rage 2 out because we got the game the same day uh, the embargo dropped. So uh, we're playing catch up. So, mm. Well, you raged thanks. about that. So we can move yeah, on now. Raged. Uh, but we both have a code uh, on Xbox One X and we're playing. So you've probably played more than me. I'd be willing to wager at this point. I played a few hours. So I think it's one of those games where the first hour doesn't really sell it. And I can kind of see why people might be turned off if that's all they played, because after that, I've really gotten into it. Yeah. Um, well, and the tutorial is yeah. basically this weird linear thing that's just chock full of bugs. So it's a really, it's a cool scene, but it's a really bad first impression because nothing works the way it was really intended to, I feel. Well, let me tell you, this game loves the tutorial because every time you get any new item, <laughs> it is forcing you to, here's how you shoot a shotgun if you haven't used one before. In fact, I think the game actually about 10 minutes in, it pauses everything and says, hey, guys, press the Y button if you want to change your gun. Okay. It's a bit yeah. too much. I literally then just got to the shotgun bit. I've been going around and collecting like arc powers instead. And I've finally gotten back on the main path. Um, yeah, like I, it's a shotgun. I know how to use a shotgun. I, I really don't need a tutorial for this. It's cool. Although one of the achievements is for a shotgun kill. And it's a certain type of the slug shot. And there's three different types you start with with the shotgun. None of them seem to get it. So I haven't looked into the unlocks too much. But oh, maybe it was it's like something jumping into there. the air, I thought. Yeah, that with, like with that a too. slug shot, which is one of the shots. And I've tried all three types that you have at the beginning with the shotgun and none of them worked. Or maybe yeah. I'm just bad. No, I've well, I've been doing the whole down left trigger, then press right trigger, which I thought was the slug shot. And I've been picking people off in the air and nothing's happening. Well, it's one of those games where there's so many tutorials. I've complained about this before, but there are so many that I stopped reading them like in the first hour or two. So now if it tries to teach me anything, I don't pay attention to it. it just... Well, I've kind of stuffed myself over because I saw something very briefly about fast travel, but I was just mashing through the on-screen tutorials and now I don't know how to fast travel anywhere. And I really wish I could because the combat is great. It's like Doom in that you have all these little tools to kind of like try to make combat as unique and interesting as you can but just driving in this very samey wasteland is already driving me nuts well fast travel is easy it's uh the little camps you come across you can fast travel to once you've been there i forget what they're called now there's a I'm word stupid. one word what do you what do you do because i am the stupid map. then fast travel with y uh, it's the, no. it's the first probably five or six kind of main missions you want like a couple in a row so maybe because you've been off the path you haven't got too many of them yet. Oh, maybe. I even tried to fast travel back to like home base so I could get to some stuff I missed, but obviously couldn't figure out how to do that either. But it that's is probably just me. Well, I don't like to so. drive around too much. Oh, the car is really clunky and slow and molasses mm. and you know, like you can get the um handbrake and you know do some decent stuff, but it's still it just feels sluggish and boring. And everything is so spaced apart. And it's one of those games where there's just like cliffs and hills everywhere so you can't just go from a to b you got to go around in a stupid like half arc kind of thing to get where you want to go not enjoying that bit so far no the open world sucks basically 
Uh, but the combat is excellent. So that's the general consensus I'm getting from people at the moment. It was kind of a five to eight on Metacritic range. So that's your standard mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, My head's yeah. kind of at a seven, but I'm like, wait, it's way too early for me to actually land on something yet. I think, but the- like, the combat's awesome. It's 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 very much like Doom and like Bulletstorm, not so much in like the over the top like you get points for kicking someone in the balls, but it's just like, here are all these things, do what you want to do, make it interesting. And I am making it interesting. It's really fun. I really like the um, shatter ability. It's kind of like you have telekinesis, which is really fun. I enjoy that quite a bit. There is quite a few abilities and they are important. And the whole overpower thing to make you crazy powerful briefly is what makes mm. it over the top and fun in a way. But I think the reason it's so good is beneath it is just very solid. So if you took all that away and all you did was shoot people and pick off headshots, it would still feel great. And I think that's why it's really good because it kind of feels like you need the skill to be able to execute it, but you you know how it's going to work. It's not one of those bullet sponge games where you're just kind of firing blindly, hoping to kind of hit enough enemies to kill them. And you shoot one and he goes down, and you shoot another one and he just kind of absorbs it. And there's no reason why. I hate those games. Yeah. Uh, so we're not there. It's, yeah, it feels really good. It's quite tight. It's a good loop. Uh, because enemies drop health, you kind of forced to always move forward and kind of pick that up and be on the move. So there's no real hanging back, which is my style of game. Yeah. Well, and the thing I really like is, is so the combat's amazing. Um, but the, and like I've only been through one main mission, which was pretty a linear path, get from A to B, fight big thing. Woo, well done. But all the arc power locations and like little question marks on the mini map whenever you kind of go and stumble upon a place it's just like a really well designed combat space and kind of you know i keep saying doom but it's like sort of an id game um it's this really cool space where you got some verticality and there's just like some open spaces there's some like enclosed areas and corners and like explosive devices that are kind of littered about so you can really just kind of play around with the space as well as, you know, taking enemies out and cutscenes are ridiculous. Like the characters look, look like they're doing some sort of weird, like animatronic movement. And they also look like they are feathers are kind of just like floating in the air. Um, but combat and, you know, playing the game itself, everything's very weighty and you, you know, you shoot a guy in the chest and you can see his armor flying off. You shoot him in the head, you can see his helmet flying off and it's just kind of really rewarding. Cause you know, the next, you know, well-placed headshot will kill that guy. And it's just kind of, it does have, yeah, it's lacking that bit of polish from the last few months of development, but it also, even if that had been there and there weren't some of the little glitches, which are present, it still has that kind of B-grade feel, not in a bad mm. way, just in a it kind of like it reminded me of Crackdown. Not everything can be kind of God of War, uh, Red Dead level, AAA eight-year development polish. We don't want that. But there's certainly a feel about it that it's it's not trying to be that level. It's happy to kind of be a rung down and nail combat instead of making everything look super pretty. So as you say, in cutscenes, characters moving around look kind of weird. They just It doesn't look quite right. But it fully embraces it in its style. It's all over the top. It's very loud. There's pink and purple switches everywhere. And yes, it's- and just like a really gray wasteland, which is yeah. a, a weird contrast. But like the fully designed places look really good. And I think it's it's Avalanche and it's kind of like Avalanche's A-team. I know you haven't played a lot of Generation Zero. That's kind of Avalanche's Z-team. They had like a little teeny group that went into this game that I can't stand in terms of the bugs, but I still can't stop playing at the same time like it's just like a really neat little encounter and like the open world stuff reminds me very much of 
generation zero and it's kind of like sort of there but has a long way to go um and you know avalanche has used the apex engine for both games and you can see a lot of similarities i know obviously the the color palette and stuff are very different but there's a lot of similarities outside of the kind of main combat core between generation zero and and rage which i wasn't like i wasn't expecting and i'm kind of surprised to see um like the menu systems are all kind of the same everything's very similar in a creepy way that you'd you'd never think about if you weren't kind of bouncing back and forth between the two games it's just really strange Hmm. i like avalanche i don't know i'm not a big just cause fan though but I'm, i'm digging these two games so far well, they may have spread themselves a little bit too thin. They had those two and Just Cause within the space of, what, four or five months release yeah. dates, and they yeah. all had some bug issues to varying degree. Rage is probably the least affected by that. So maybe they spread themselves a bit too thin. They could have delayed it a little. But I suppose that when you sign up to a publisher like Bethesda, you kind of have to go with their schedule, I would suspect. Yeah, well, and I guess like it's, a, it's weird. Bethesda has always been known for buggy games like Fallout, and Elder Scrolls. It's almost a running joke at this point, but we like the game's core so much we kind of forgive it. And then Bethesda maybe went a little bit too far with something like Fallout 76 and, you know, like we stopped loving the bugs and we really went hard on Bethesda for the bugs. And I feel like this well, one is going to go back to like old Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, like they're, they're cute bugs. They're charming bugs. It's not like frustration levels at 9,000 type bugs, which... It'd be better if they weren't there, but they're not really getting in the way of too much so well, far. Anyway. And I think that it doesn't have that AAA feel, even though it's kind of sold as that of a Fallout or a Elder Scrolls. So it doesn't really matter that it has some of those little bugs. Nothing breaks the game except for the crash I had. But besides that, nothing breaks the game. <laughs> that might have been my Xbox. You never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really enjoying it so far. I think the open world is its kind of weak point as is how much stuff it throws at you. It throws it so much. Here's how to upgrade this. Here's how to upgrade your power. Here's a bunch of new abilities. Here's how to do all this stuff. And yeah. if it was a little bit more linear, I think it would have actually been better because it would have been, as you say, a lot of the main mission areas are built for combat really well. And that's the best part of it. When you drive past an outpost or yet another bland side mission type of thing, they're all pretty much exactly the same. You kind of don't want to do that because it's not optimized as well as the main missions are. So if it was a little more focused, a little more linear, maybe cut down the size of its world, it probably would have been better. Yeah, I think so too. It's, and it's a lot of the stuff I haven't played for a long time. So, you know, like I'm sort of assuming that I'm right at this, at this stage, but a lot of stuff kind of feels like padding so we can sell it as a 50 hour game where like it would have been a pretty good, like eight to 10 hour linear experience in my mind. And would have been probably more effective but that's you know so far maybe i'm gonna get hooked and it's gonna suck me in but that's the kind of thing i'm i'm kind of worried about like it's a it's a decent game but do i want to throw that much time into it probably not not so far i hope that i can still play it like that i'm going to try to i'm going to do i'm going to see if i can do an eight hour run of just the main missions in the arc upgrade areas which are basically little outposts to deal with there are a bunch more, but as far as I can tell, you can just drive past them and it doesn't matter. So as long as I can keep doing that and keep earning enough power to be able to get through the missions, I think it would be the best way for me to play. Yeah. Um, well, something that I'm kind of struggling with is I'm playing this on normal because I maybe would play a game on a harder difficulty, but I'm also trying to get through it as quickly as I can because I'm supposed to be writing a review on it. Um, 
I'm finding it fairly easy so far. Like I've never died in combat yet. I haven't, I've probably played for like, I'm going to say four hours. And the only time I've died is when I went to, I found like a mini map thing with a dead ranger. And I didn't realize I was going to walk into like a pool of electrocuted water or like electrified water. And that's the only time I've died so far. So I'm kind of thinking I need to bump the difficulty up or maybe I'm still kind of in this weird like pre-actual game tutorial space where everything's a little bit easier but it seems too easy right now mm. well that's why I like a game that lets you change the difficulty while you're playing and change both ways which is very rare a lot let you mm. bump the difficulty up but they won't let you bump it down and I get that that's normally because of the XP gets messed up if you do that but yeah it is very helpful when you can't tell what you should be playing on to enjoy it, not what you can get through. I can get through most games on the hardest difficulty if I have the time to really grind through it. doesn't mean I'll enjoy it, but I don't want to push through a really easy game either. So yeah, you don't really know based on if it just says normal or hard, what does that mean? I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm thinking normal is a little bit too easy, so I'd play it on. I think there's four levels of difficulty. I'd probably suggest the third if you have any competency in shooting things. Mm. Well, I would um, say... If well, I got, a, I got, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if you're, combat is the main thing here, so the other stuff is not really affected. I know a lot of people are saying they're not sure if they want to play this, and that's why they were disappointed by a lot of late reviews because there wasn't that much access worldwide, and it's mm. a game people wanted to see reviews for to see if do I want to play this. I would say, besides reading your review, of course. Uh, of course. Watch some gameplay footage for like five minutes. Not a trailer, just watch someone playing uh, and see if you like that style of combat because that is the peak of the game. Don't watch yeah. someone driving around the open world because that will put you off. Uh, but if you like the looks of the combat and you think it looks like something that you'd get into for a while, then that's why you should play it. Yeah, I've said Doom like 8 million times over. Um, the combat to me feels excessively Doom. Um, so if you enjoyed that, you're pretty much good to go. It's just that those cool combat sequences are broken up with boring driving bits. So. Well, and being so combat heavy, you probably do want that challenge there. You know, this is probably a game you may want to play on hard if you normally don't, because a game yeah. that's going to take you 30 hours to get through and you want to actually explore the world and get lost in the story, maybe you don't want to have that grind through the combat sections as well. A game like this, which is pretty much all combat with some real cheesy cutscenes in it, <laughs> feel free to skip those and play on hard instead. It's probably a funner way to play. Yeah. Well, like the the shotgun mission at the end in the sewers there's this like big boss dude i turned on overdrive hit him with like five shotgun shells i don't think he even damaged me and that was the end of mini boss fights so i'm like oh whoops maybe i should have just tried to fight him normally that is a very so. easy one though i get the feeling that's the regular enemy not that i played that much beyond there but yeah mm. you come across that style of enemy a little more frequently later on so oh, okay well, that's I think good it's, then. It's, I think it's still, what you're in is still part of this extremely long tutorial where it's slowly introducing more and more stuff. But the whole thing's so, a tutorial. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a Doom game if Nintendo made it. Yeah, well, I think the funniest one that popped up, I was in a loading screen and it said, the map is useful. Like, okay. <laughs> Very good. Oh, fancy <laughs> that. Um, what do you think of the car really quickly before we bounce off this? The, the creepy, like, sexualized female car is weird and i don't like it not because like you girls but i'm just like what what, you're talking about the one with the mannequin on top it's called no there's one called phoenix and she talks to you in like a weird suggestive way yeah i was more creeped out by i stole like a buggy thing 
and it's got like a female mannequin sticking sitting on top of it. It's kind of I'm driving that car right now because oh, that's not so true because whenever you get out of a main hub, it gives you back your Phoenix car. But I used to be driving. Well, you can save any car. You had to bring it back to one of your settlements. Oh, I don't really care. A car's a car, and the Phoenix has like mini guns and stuff so you probably should stick with that yeah, one. i like the phoenix more than the other ones i've tried so far because it has despite having terrible handling it has the best handling the rest the others that i've tried there's only been about three others but they've been way worse so it's very halo the driving not great uh, but i like halo driving because it's fun this one's just kind of like a chore yeah but one so of the I missions don't know why i don't know what the difference is one of the early missions in this game is a race that you have to win so oh, i skipped that didn't do it Oh, unless I have to do it later. Ugh. It's, a main, it's a main mission at one point that you have to do. Damn it. All right. Well, I had a, I had a race that I just said no to and just kept driving. Oh, that might so. not be the one. This is like you've got to win some TV show celebrity oh, thing. Great. Anyway, spoilers. Mm. Uh, ben, have you played Life is Strange 2 Episode 3? You know, I actually haven't. Normally I would have done. Oh, no. Because I'm very big on Life is Strange 2, but I just haven't got around to Episode 3 yet. It's super good. It's a pretty short one. Um, don't read the thing I wrote then, cause just don't, I don't want to ruin it, but, um, it, it's one of those games where it feels like you can do a whole bunch of things and then no matter how, uh, varied you think you're playing and how you're kind of like role playing the character to be as you desire, the end of the episode is always kind of like very black and white A or B, like here's the, the results you get, which kind of pisses me off but um the journey to that point is very very good so i won't ruin it obviously but um it's good it's, it's out a now hard game to talk about even if i had played it to beat around the bushes and it's pretty early on so you can't really spoil anything no no it's one of those games well, yeah I, tough. in the thing i wrote that you shouldn't go and look at yet especially if you haven't played it it has a big gigantic spoiler warning but just don't read it yet anyway well i saw it on twitter already you tweeted oh. in the the photo gave away some evidence of what happened. Well, but I reckon if you played two, you pretty much already got that. Yeah. It's it's I the really... details of that that is disappointing, Ben. And I won't give you the details. Okay. I don't need them just yet. I am enjoying <laughs> I do like playing this as an episodic game, just little two hours on a Saturday here and there. That said, I, I've com- I said this last episode, they're just too far apart from me. So if you're waiting until they're all out, I think that could be a good way to play it as well. Yeah, well, I think so too. But um, if you are uh, so inclined, it's out. Give it a go. If not, we'll tell you when the whole thing's out. December, uh, you might have to wait a little bit longer if you want to get it on Game Pass, the whole thing at once. But um, yes, it's coming. Nine days behind. Yeah, so there you go. It is coming. The other two are on there as well, so play those first. Yeah. Uh, should we jump into the uh, state of play recap then? Yeah, it was very long. I turned on my TV, went to make a coffee, and it was half over basically. Because it was on about seven or something in the morning for us, so yeah, much shorter Eight. than I thought it was going to be. Oh, uh, which is kind of good. It's that thing where like Sony really knows that it doesn't have a lot of stuff, and like no offense to Sony, like you know the the big draw card people were expecting to see more about Final Fantasy VII, and it's not even like a PS4 exclusive. It's just Square's using that platform to kind of give us an update for once. Um, I well, I guess really the the huge draw card is is probably an actual first party game in the form of medieval i haven't really played that franchise i don't know if you have or not i have never played it either so i think the draw card was final fantasy 7 remake as well there you uh, go and really all we got is square said square enix said 
we'll show you the real stuff at E3. Here's a teaser. We're doing a conference. Our conference last year was terrible, but this year mm. it's going to be good because we have well, this game. And then, like, on their website, they went, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, it's still going to be episodic. So, sorry if you don't like that idea. Um, Did they call it episodic or they used another word, didn't they? Didn't they, they said say? partitioned, but yeah. they've said episodic before. So, and it was, yeah. it's one of those things where it's kind of annoying. Like I asked, um, so there's, it's not really Square Enix in Australia. It's Bandai Namco and they, um, distribute Square games. So haven't heard back yet, but I've asked, you know, can we get like an English, uh, interpretation of, of that statement, please, rather than using like Google translate to talk about partitions. But, um, it's widely accepted at this point that it's, it's too big of a game and too costly for Square Enix in Square Enix's mind, and they're going to release it in like sections, which is gross. And in the case of like something like a Life is Strange two, rabid fans are most likely going to have to wait, you know, noticeable chunks of time to continue mm. the story, which I'm sure they're not going to be thrilled about. It is an interesting way to think about it because it's too big, but this game already exists, and it was a one game at one point, so it can't be too big. But it was on two discs, Ben. Two discs. Or was it on f- more than that? Four? Yeah, but those discs remember. managed to hold like 700 meg and now we've got a 50 gig <laughs> Blu-ray. So <laughs> That's fine. true. <clears throat> well, um, it's that thing where I'd rather they do it right and, you know, it's not rushed. But also, like, they announced this game years ago. And we were criticizing... I think? Yeah, I mean, we were criticizing Capcom for the same kind of thing with Resident Evil 2. And they were silent for a bit. And then they came out at E3 and said, oh, by the way, it's coming out in it's January. Done here you go. And like, we've had these like little teases over and over and over with Final Fantasy seven. It's just kind of getting like, I know it's going to come out, but it's almost feeling like a Duke Nukem kind of vaporware situation where it's just like, we're going to be sick of it by the time it eventually comes out. When that was announced sitting there live in that audience, that was the biggest cheer I've heard for anything ever. Not just at E3. That was, it was a deafening roar of cheer when that was announced. Mm. And yet I think it was announced three years too early at least because then there was just nothing. Oh, yeah, because now the hype train has, like, left the station and it's kind of running yeah. on fumes. It'll be interesting to see if episodic means it's like a part one, part two, and that's it, or is it going to be one to five or what they do? Uh, I don't see how it could be more costly because surely it's not going to cost more than the standard $100 that we have for games here. Yeah, so they're not going to get more money. It just means they've given themselves more development time, but they can start getting that money sooner. And if, like, I, I know it's Final Fantasy Seven, and it's, theoretically unless they make any change and kind of make it more like the real-time system as in later final fantasy games like it's a it's a turn-based rpg it's not that hard to wrap your head around but i know with some games you play it you finish the campaign you set it aside for four months or something and then they release dlc and you go to pick it up and you're like i don't remember how to do anything i can't imagine like a, a hardcore jrpg is going to be that friendly to players who have to kind of just set it aside every once in a while it's gonna be a huge and then problem. revisit yeah that's why i don't play a lot of dlc because i just can't be bothered figuring out what to do hmm yeah well we'll fi- we'll, we'll find that we'll out see uh something that i think was actually really neat but i'm not sure how it's going to translate into a full game uh is a way the survival series and it's not like a wrestling game uh, if if you haven't heard of this title, it's a game where you play as a sugar glider, which looks to me like a flying squirrel, um, and you have to survive the wilderness, basically. Guess hmm. sounds like a tech demo to me. Yeah, it's yeah, 
it's is this a VR game? No, um, not yeah. from what I am uh, aware of. Uh, it's, it's the trailer's up on the site. It's like it just showed the little squirrel guy like fighting a scorpion and running away from like a forest fire, perhaps, and these kind of weird things. Like it looks neat, but I'm just not quite sure what to make of it yet. I have no idea what to make of it. That's yeah. It feels like one of those kind of things. Like, oh, we got some time before the PS5. Like, cool idea. Like, let's just get this a in the pipeline. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, and I guess probably the biggest potential polarizing game that was announced is Predator Hunting Grounds, which is the easiest way to describe it. Is it's evolve, but the monster is the predator, and you're like four Arnold Schwarzeneggers. And have they learned from Evolve and are they going to release a game which people actually want to play because it's not crippled by DLC or whatever they did to it? We'll find out. Well, like I liked the idea of Evolve. I just couldn't find four people to play with against random monster and I was never good enough to be random monster. So like there's this weird kind of like cost to enter that, I don't know if a lot of people are willing to pay and then, you know, like be placed in this situation where you're not really having fun because you either have to communicate with three random strangers to get, you know, anything done effectively, or you have to be really, really good to be a cool, invisible killing machine alien guy. I think it's the type of game that probably has to be, especially now free to play to get people playing so that Mm -hmm. your friends will play with you because there's no cost to entry at all. And then it can't have things which ruin it to monetize it. So it just has to be skins, basically. Whether or not they can pull that off, I'm not sure. But that's what it has to do, I think. I think you're right. Um, Anything else about the state of play that you wanted to talk about? There's a new um, console, but Sony won't tell me how much it costs or when it's coming out. So, like, cool, I guess. Whatever. (laughs) That Um, is cool. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I watched the um, the God of War documentary, which I'm not sure if it was linked to State of Play, but it got released two days ago. So, yeah, I don't think it was. Maybe. It was released What's it around called? the like same time. Finding Kratos, rearing Kratos, uh, something like that. Raising Kratos, I think that makes more sense. It's normal English, like well that. done. Yes, uh, I think it's really good. So you kind of go in knowing that it's made by PlayStation or whoever made it internal. So it's a bit one sided. But with that Monte, it actually wasn't as one-sided as I thought because they really showed the crunch time and they did move away from it pretty quickly to make it look like they weren't overworking their developers, which they definitely were. But they didn't <laughs> just cover it up as much as I thought they would. Um, and they did the whole lead up to the E3 announcement, which I forgot E3 2013, uh, 2016 was the one where they had just trailers and they had the live orchestra playing and it was a real change of kind of how they did it. And it was actually the, the best way to do E3. So, And they began with God of War that year. So... Interesting, because they yeah. they really didn't know if it was going to be well received after spending so much time on it. So I think it's worth watching. I am sort of amazed by how humble they are, because like obviously it was a damn good game, and it's pretty undeniable. But I like that they were worried. Um, well, a lot of the that footage is from pretty early on, so before that they knew that they had a good game. Okay, and I think they generally um, didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. On the E3 front, uh, there's been a whole bunch of confirmations of press conferences uh, off the top of my head since we talked about it last. Uh, Devolver, Nintendo, maybe even Microsoft, uh, Square, a whole bunch of uh, publishers have announced their dates and times. So if you go to the site, there's an E3 uh, hub, which has 
individual posts about those things. It has our uh, ever handy Australian time post with all the different conferences and you can click on each one. And if you're not in the same time zone as we are, which is Australian Eastern Standard, you can get the time zones automatically uh, converted to yours as long as you're not using a VPN or something. So check it out. Otherwise, I think we're moving on. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, the Monday, is, the Monday is very empty. So traditionally, the Monday was the busy day with all the press conferences. You're up at nine for, well, you're up before nine. You're at Xbox at nine and you finish off the day at Sony at, you know, 8 p.m. Yeah. Not this year. There's pretty much nothing on Monday. Ubisoft and Square Enix and a big gap in the middle. So got some free yeah. time. Well, and then like on Tuesday, Los Angeles time, that would be, I think it's the 12th, no, the 11th then maybe Australian time. It's all just kind of like your squares, your devolvers, your kind of funny game show, your PC gamer ones. So like, and they're all at such horrible times in Australia. Like it's kind of, you don't have to get up and watch those. And the Monday on the 10th. Yeah. The Monday on the 10th in Australia is a public holiday, which is good. So I'll, uh, drag my butt out of bed without having to take a sick day or something from the day job get everything done and well xbox is an okay time what time's that at is it like a no they're all pretty decent actually this year so it's it's good but still don't don't look at the conferences yourselves guys just look at well look at them through survivor and then read the news on survivor you don't need to you don't need to worry about getting all the news from the source that would be ridiculous it'll be an easy news year this year (laughs) they can't announce that much stuff surely uh, it's yeah, it's it's sadly one of those. I think next year will be great because we'll get like proper consoles and stuff. And I think if uh, I can divulge our plan, Ben, I think we're going to try to hit up E three together next year. But this year's is definitely like a filler. Buy some time. That's assuming there is an E three next year. Will the contract expires this year? So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, moving off of that, uh, let's. We, we said nice things about Bethesda with with Rage Two. Something that uh, isn't so nice about Bethesda is that they basically ripped off uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, for some weird promotional thing on Facebook where they're uh, trying to drum up interest in Elder Scroll Online's new Elsewhere or however you say it uh, expansion. Uh, like almost one to one ripped off uh, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. The writers of said Dungeons and Dragons campaign uh, were alerted to it by pretty much everyone on the internet and unleashed and Bethesda kind of just pulled it down and sort of issued an apology and it was really dodgy and I'm just kind of questioning how that ever even got approved for publishing. Like surely someone would have picked up on that. One of the weirdest things I've seen in a long time and I've seen a lot of weird things in games but this is an odd one. It's it's pretty much way worse than that IGN journalist who, you know, admitted to... Oh, the, the guy who was doing later. the Switch reviews, yeah. I Philip, can't remember that story. But someone, yeah. yeah. It was, de- it was really Dead Cells up. that got him cut out. Everyone knew that guy, and that's hard to track because it's just one guy. Uh, IGN have loads of staff that they're monitoring, and they kind of trust that people wouldn't do that. But this is mm. a marketing campaign for a game you'd think that it would have multiple people involved so multiple people would have had to have known about it well and and by the time we like uh i think ars technica broke it and they saved a copy of like it was like a pdf like text-based kind of thing um all the links like if you went to try to click on them from you know like the elder scrolls campaigns 
uh, like, you know, publishing of their campaign air quotes to, um, you know, like the comments left behind by the Dungeons and Dragons writers who were like, what have you done with my work? Um, they were all on a Facebook page, like titled Elder Scrolls Online dot A and Z. So, and like the, the post before it was deleted and you can go into the case and see it said, um, like our friends at Bethesda somewhere in Europe did this, but like, I'm, uh, I was trying to kind of dig into like how Australian the connection was there. And then I just, I ran out of time. So I don't know if it's something that like we as a nation did, uh, if I was accepting responsibility for Bethesda Australia, or if it's, you know, like it just was a direction to, you know, put this out on your channels and the one that Ars Technica found was the Australian facing one or not. It's, it's all weird. I have to say, that is some fantastic investigative journalism right there. You've gotten 70% of the way and I didn't finish. had no result. <laughs> it's but been anyway. a long week, Ben. I tried really hard. <laughs> You've got some yeah, speculation at the end. So anyway. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know what's going on. I uh, wouldn't think it would have been Australia because Australia was busy with their Rage 2, no Rage 2, whatever tattoo. No thing. Rage Gretz tattoos. That's right. Oh, God. We won't go into that, though. Oh, let's not. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft announced a new game just ahead of E3. They did. Well, they leaked it and then announced it, or someone <laughs> leaked it. Uh, it seemed like they leaked it themselves because it was so The German obvious. Ubisoft store leaked it. That's right. Uh, so they did leak it I, themselves. Yeah, they did. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint is what we're talking about. I haven't played it. You haven't played it. Um, but technically, we probably already have in so much as we've played Ghost Recon Wildlands, and it's basically going to be What's Wildlands 2, but not called Wildlands 2. No, um, because that's not how you do things these days. It's a different of type not. of sequel. Well, it's so much sequel uh, in that they released a new expansion called Operation Something Something for uh, Wildlands, and I, th- I haven't played it yet. I think the protagonist, or let's just call him a featured character, uh, is a character whose name I also forget. Jesus is good journalism. Um, but he is played by John Barathol or Barenthal, who is um, the Punisher in the Netflix Marvel or uh, Netflix Marvel Punisher show. He was also in like the first season of the walking dead. Like if you saw a picture of this dude, you know exactly who he is. Anyway, he is now the antagonist in this upcoming ghost recon game. So they've introduced him in Wildlands, and it's going to kind of like pay forward into the next game. It's just like when Ubisoft used to release a novel to bridge the two Splinter Cell games and say, here's the novel about the new one coming up where we introduce a character. Except now they just released DLC for the previous game. Yeah. It's the new or way when to do it. Ubisoft put Splinter Cell content in Wildlands last E3 and everybody was really excited for a potential new Splinter Cell game and it didn't happen. Well, Whoops. that's not Hopefully happened. this year. They pretty much said Hopefully. we have no yeah, idea what really to do did. with Splinter Cell. So... I think we were looking for what was going to be their big game to fill that Assassin's Creed slot this year, and they pretty much said it's Ghost Recon. I'd be yeah. surprised if this was a March. Ubisoft love a good February March release as well, so they normally have one of each big game that is. So yeah. I would say there's still going to be something for that. They've had, you know, I mean, this year we had the Division. Previously we had For Honor in that spot. I think Ghost Recon was a March game as well. Yeah, that sounds right. So there will be another, there's something else. Maybe Skull and Bones, if that is actually happening. Skull and Bones, I think, will be ready to come out. I'm not sure how it's going to do. Um, there's going to be a Just Dance. If it doesn't open up Ubisoft's conference, I'll be horribly disappointed. There will uh, be. There's no Assassin's Creed. 
No, there's likely no splinter cell. I'm still like, I still have a little bit of hope, but it's, it's not going to happen. Um, I'm not sure what else they've got up their sleeve. Like uh, beyond no, good evil two, there's no way that's coming out. There might be a new Starlink or something Starlink related, which I actually don't mind. It was a pretty good game, but yeah, I don't think it sold that well. They've already ditched the toys, so I'm not sure if they'll th- have too I much think, of that. Oh, I think Star Fox comes out if not right before E3, then like pretty much on E3. So maybe they'll just talk about that expansion. And there's some extra I stuff mean, coming to like the other platforms too, but. Definitely, they'll have stuff on Rainbow Six Siege Year Five or whatever we're up to, and probably the same for the Division Two. Um, that'll be Year Two as well. So, it's so if you're not a Tom Clancy's insert yeah. franchise name here fan, you're kind of SOL in theory. We'll see. Ubisoft is one of the ones who we often went into thinking it's going to be Xbox, it's going to be PlayStation, Nintendo, someone to wow us, and many a year it was actually Ubisoft. Who I yeah. walked away thinking that was cool. So I think they'll have something new, and that'll be well. And like I'm complaining, there's nothing new, and I haven't finished Odyssey yet. And I'm like, I'd like it. I just haven't had a lot of time to classic game that I stopped playing, and now I'm 30 percent in, and I just can't play it because I have no idea what to do. Where am I going? All the buttons are wrong. I don't know what's happening. So I got to a point where I loaded back in and I have to kill a boar and it's like one level higher than me and I can't kill it. It just brings all its like baby boars in to kill me and it's frustrating me beyond belief. Meanwhile, like husband has like bounced onto the game. He's done nothing else but play it for two weeks all and he's like level 50. And I'm like, oh, so you have maybe to play I should, uh, yeah, maybe I should jump back in. Well, I really Why? liked Origins. Like I finished Origins to like the point where I got like the fancy ass like glowing space armor stuff. So like it's, I, really I liked the game. Too. I just don't have time. And you know what? I played that late. I started it in January just after it came out, I think. And just as I was done, the first DLC came out. So I, it's a rare DLC that I played because it was I was still playing. Nice. Then the second expansion came out. Couldn't do it because it was like three months later and I'm just, I'm out. So yeah. to wind back to my episodic games, the, <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed basically is episodic in that you get one giant episode. Then you get two kind of 10-hour add-ons to it, which is still pretty big. And I can never play them because it's just, it's too far apart. Yeah, well, and I guess if if you leave it, like I've left Origins, and or not Origins, Odyssey, and like you've left Odyssey, you can, you know, catch up on everything in one big hit. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't get a chance to finish it and then jump into DLC bits at a time because Odyssey was the game where they were like really pushing that you could be straight you could be bi you could be asexual you could be a homosexual you could do whatever you wanted and then like the first dlc came out and they like forced you into a certain choice and everybody lost their mind um, and they've kind of wound it back with the other releases but if you're playing it dlc at a time there would have been a time there where you were like really upset or potentially really upset i should say mm. but anyway uh last thing i think unless you've got anything else to say about breakpoint that we don't really know much about it so no we'll it's wildlands but in a new place with the new nude uh yeah access is finally coming to playstation 4 ben oh this is funny now <laughs> i vividly recall sony saying yeah access does not provide value to the playstation gamer nothing's changed it's exactly the same service it was five years ago when it launched and now they've conned them into it so this is interesting isn't it and it's priced at exactly the same price point. So it's not like it's cheaper or something to try to, you know, justify that. Nope. It's just the same service, same vault. In honesty, it's a changing of the times, really. So back then, subscription services were less common. They wanted you to only have PlayStation Plus. They didn't really think about others. 
now it's pretty clear that we're going this way, then there's going to be more. And we've talked about this a few episodes ago that we have too many subscriptions, but Sony's jumped on it, I think. And they realize, I think they'll probably follow the Xbox Game Pass if it's proving to be successful next generation. And oh, yeah. to be fair, EA Access, to be successful, it had to be on more than just Xbox and PC. It really did have to get on PlayStation. So I think it will be bigger and maybe not better, but certainly bigger money-wise for them next generation. Oh, yeah. And Sony's going to have to do something because you look at um, like PlayStation Plus right now, you get two free PlayStation 4 games compared to you know like four Xbox 360 and Xbox One games on Games with Gold plus EA Access, plus Game Pass. Like, they, they need to do something. I think they're um, riding that out to a next-gen. When they have their backwards-compatible PS5, they'll just do two PS4, probably start with one PS5 game. Yeah. And that's their plan. They don't care at the moment. They're so far ahead in sales. They really don't need your love, so they don't care. Well, there you go. And so I guess something that I hadn't thought about until just then is that EA Access will be, like, one-to-one for Xbox One's version, except not because i know like ea access on xbox one offers up some 360 back compat titles which obviously aren't going to be able to be offered on ps4 because there's no back compat with ps3 but um i should have shut up about that maybe i'll go and speak to ea tomorrow uh and ask some questions and see what the answers are well i suppose origin access on play on pc would be the same thing because i don't think it has all the same 360 games but i could be wrong yeah, well, yeah, but that's a different service, like a different service name, so they can kind of get away with doing what they want. And they've got it's things exactly like Origin. The same thing. They called it something else to probably get away with that. Oh, yeah, but then they have Origin Access Premiere as well, which gives you um, like free access to new games, whereas on like Xbox, you, you get a discount and a trial or something like that. Like Anthem, you, you didn't own Anthem on Xbox One EA Access. You just got to try it for like five or six hours and then you've got a discount but if you get origin access premiere you have instant access to those games like it costs more obviously but that's that's the difference i think that's a taste of what's going to happen on console next generation as well they get more money they'll do it Hmm. Hmm. well there you go um Something that is totally only in my interest and kind of talking about the subscription thing again um I was just about ready to cancel my Twitch Prime subscription and my Amazon Prime subscription, like the whole thing. It's it's all connected to me. I don't know where one ends and one begins, but whatever. Um, just about to cancel Twitch Prime, Amazon Prime, because I don't really use it. Um, and if, you know, we're talking about watching the Grand Tour, I've been playing that video game that you were reviewing before, Ben, and like that to me is watching the Grand Tour, so I don't need Amazon Prime access. Anyway, uh, the new Star Trek Jean-Luc Picard TV show is not going to be on Netflix in Australia. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. So I guess I'm keeping that subscription or deciding to turn into a pirate. But I'll probably just do the easy legal thing, which is frustrating because less money for me. Well, at least you can now get toothpaste delivered free. So there's that. <laughs> I guess yeah. I should do that then to make use of the, uh, the, the subscription. Yeah, I do feel compelled to use it. Well, I haven't subscription, so I've only done it a couple of times. Although my male lady now knows me, so <laughs> several times due to ordering small, insignificant things. She doesn't seem to well, I guess that's good. Yeah. Is that good? That's true. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to talk about or should we let people go for this week? 
that's it for this week i think i don't know if we have any new games next week oh sonic racing there you go and how i could i forget? sorry go ahead how could i forget? sonic racing yeah i have a code i just keep interrupting you sorry ben i have a code for observer and the embargo is next week it's that uh devolver game where it looks kind of like it's alien but you actually play as the space station and i think you're trying to kill the people on the space station and it looks kind of yeah. cool so i'm intrigued and i hope it's as good as i want it to be well, but i'll tell you later coming. yep we look forward to that that'll be next episode kaboom uh if in the meantime go to survivor read things uh survivor on social media i'm s right au on social media and ben people can find you where i am ben underscore salter on twitter that's all i'm on currently and that is all he is willing to divulge. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. As always, if you feel like it, give us a rating on any number of podcast subscription apps because we're on all of them, even Spotify. Check us out on Spotify just because it's fun. That's I think very it's exciting. Hmm. All right, Ben. Have a good one.